I hate Ethan Cardwell. Well, really, no, that's not true. I like Ethan Cardwell. I like Ethan Cardwell a lot, but I hate Ethan Cardwell. Let me tell you why. So, first of all, welcome to the program. Second of all, yesterday, uh, Sunday, I decided, my wife and I try to do this as often as we can with the kids, uh, but with both kids playing high-level hockey, it's tough to get a Sunday off. Um, But we had the Sunday off yesterday, so we took the kids uh, and a bunch of their friends from their hockey teams to the Oshawa Generals Teddy Bear Toss game. This is such a great tradition. Um, You know, uh, the Ontario Hockey League participates and hits a certain pitch. Nobody does it better. Nobody does it better than the Western Hockey League, although the AHL's Hershey Bears have the record for, I think it was 52 or 53,000 Bears hitting the ice. Well done, Hershey. But the Western Hockey League takes it to a whole different level. If you're going to go to a teddy bear toss game and you're in the West and you have access, get to a teddy bear toss game. Um, in the Western Hockey League. And just for those that don't know, the Teddy Bear Toss game is an annual junior hockey tradition. Most, if not all, the teams do it now where fans bring a teddy bear or a stuffed animal, and when the home team scores their first goal, they throw the bears on the ice. It looks fantastic. And everybody outside of the visiting team, because it extends their getting back on the bus by about eh, 30 minutes probably, uh, everybody loves this thing. And all the bears, by the way, go to uh, charitable foundations, children's hospitals, etc. This is one of those junior hockey bulletproof win-wins. So we take the kids yesterday to the game. It's the, uh, the Oshawa Generals, hometown generals facing off against the Barry Colts and so I get to meet up uh, before with Marty Williamson haven't seen Marty in a while uh, catching up and as we get there you know Marty's like oh we'll get one of the kids to, to take our take my kids and his buddies and their buddies rather to tour the Barry Colts room I go oh that's great so I get there and say hi to Marty and we're chatting and um, Ethan Cardwell who is a uh, really like first of all Ethan Cardwell is a really good hockey player and really nice kid uh, San Jose Sharks fourth round draft pick uh, real good player. And so he greets us there, and he's going to take the kids to meet the Barry Colts kids and walk them around the room, et cetera, et cetera. And he's wearing a Minnesota Fighting Saints shirt. Okay, so right away, the kids got my heart. Like, oh, my God. Here's this, like, 19 years old, and he's, you know, wearing a WHA, like a pristine WHA T-shirt. And I'm like, well, first of all, thanks for helping my kids and their buddies. And second of all, that's a really cool shirt, Ethan. And without missing a beat, Cardwell says, yeah, my grandfather played on the team. Oh, like, not my dad played on, my grandfather played on the team. So I never put two and two together. His dad was Steve Cardwell who played with the Minnesota Fighting Saints. Uh, Harry Neal would have been the coach of that team. John Garrett, hello Cheech in Vancouver, uh, would have been the goaltender for that squad. So that was a moment where it's one thing to talk to a young hockey player and say, yeah, he's a second generation. Like I just talked to uh, Brent Thompson last week, right? The, uh, the father of Tage Thompson. And that's cool. Like, hey, I'm going to talk to him about his son. Grandfather is a different level. When someone in hockey says, yeah, my grandfather played on this team that you used to watch when you were a kid because I grew up just an NHL fan, a junior hockey fan, and luckily, even though I was quite young, I was able to go to a lot of WHA games, and the Minnesota Fighting Saints were one of the coolest teams. And Ethan Cardwell's grandfather, still pains me to say that, played on maybe the coolest team in the WHA. Well, it does something for you. It makes you feel like you just broke your hip or have some type of older person ailment. 
And that's how I felt yesterday. So thank you, Ethan Cardwell, for making me feel old. But it's a great time. We have a family friend that plays on the Oshawa General. Shout out Ryder McIntyre. Um, great time. If you get a chance, it is one of the great traditions in junior hockey. Do yourself the favor. Go do it. I just hope that you don't feel as old as I did yesterday at the Tribute Community Center. Let's get going. Welcome to the program. This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Just old. Just old. Just old. Just old. Uh, coming up on the program today, at the bottom of the hour, Josh Getzoff will stop by. He's the Pittsburgh Penguins play-by-play voice uh, on radio. Josh has such a great call, really plugged in as well um, to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Obviously, we'll talk plenty about Chris Letang making his return to the Pens lineup after missing a cozy checks notes 12 days after suffering a stroke. Only missed five games and he was back. Uh, Cassie Campbell Pascal from the NHL and Sportsnet today uh, is one of the nine nominees for the Hockey Canada Board of Directors. That has been fo- put forward to the 13 members. We'll talk to her uh, in the second hour. And also we'll talk to Matthew DeFranks of the Dallas Morning News because uh, Dallas is just like grooving along and we haven't talked about them for a while. And we're going to change that today, damn it. Um, coming up in hour two. In the meantime, Elliot Friedman is at the Board of Governors uh, in Florida. It is at the Breakers. Do we have Fried standing by? We do. From 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada, we have Elliot Friedman aboard. Elliot, how is Florida? It's nice. Uh, I I did a 40-minute walk this morning. It was nice. Very good. I get some color. Well, we're shoveling snow here, so you left at the right time, although you almost didn't get a chance to leave yesterday, as I, I know you were grounded at, uh, at Pearson for quite some time. But nonetheless, you arrived. Um, a couple yeah. of things here. Before we get to Board of Governors, um, you know, the, the news just breaking before you, uh, you came on. The, we talked about this on Hockey Night on Saturday, that the, uh, the nominees for the next uh, board for Hockey Canada uh, would be revealed today. And it is uh, an interesting list that includes one of our colleagues in Cassie Campbell-Pascal, um, the chair that has been put forward is the Honorable Hugh Frazier. Um, and there's, there's a lot of interesting names uh, contained here, maybe not household names, but I think what the nominating committee wanted to do was follow the recommendations of um, Thomas Cromwell, which is, you know, fiduciary responsibility, there's accountants, um, there are lawyers. I, I think one of the one of the places where they may get some criticism here is there's only three provinces represented. Like we can already sort of hear the howls from Atlantic Canada. Um, it's a lot of Ontario. It's a lot of Quebec and it's a lot of Alberta. Uh, not sure if you had a chance to, to look at any of this yet, Elliot, but if you have, do you have a, a le- at least a wide brush thought on all of it? Well, my first comment, Jeff, is that I'm really happy for Cassie. Um, I, I know how much Hockey Canada means to her. I know how much she wants to help. So I'm really happy for Cassie. Um, I don't know a lot of the other people. Uh, I still have to kind of figure out who they are. The one name I've learned a little bit about is Marion Jacko. Uh, Anthony Stewart yes. is a huge fan. So if Anthony Stewart is a huge fan... I'm definitely intrigued, but when it comes to what you just mentioned or just a general idea on some of these individuals, I admit I'm behind. I don't know them very well. 
and you know it'll have to take a bit more time to figure it out. So there's a there's um there is a couple of things here that that leads me, Elliot, to look at something else for Hockey Canada. Like this is a this is a transitional board as they're calling it. So all these uh, all these board members will serve one term as opposed to two, uh, which is normal for the Hockey Canada board. There's a, there's a couple of names here. Like you mentioned, Marion Jocko, and you know she's close and has worked with Haley Wickenheiser. You know Dave Evans, uh, who's nominated as well. Um, you know he's very close and has worked with for a number of years Sheldon Kennedy, um, Hugh Frazier, who's been put forward as the uh, as the, the the board chair. His son is Mark Fraser. Um, we believe that somewhere within and under the umbrella of Hockey Canada here, there will be a place for Sheldon Kennedy, for someone like Mark Fraser, uh, maybe Haley Wickenheiser as well. I mentioned uh, Marion Jacko. Um, I believe that, you know, Andrew Ferens, who does a lot of work with Kim Davis in the NHL, you know, he's expressed interest as well. You know, I wonder about, like, I've, I've been told don't necessarily, don't necessarily believe that there'll be a shadow board along with it, but there may be some type of advisory committee. I think a lot of this will depend on what this new board wants if they get ratification on Saturday. But I wonder, like, just the, the nature of who these people are on this new board that's been proposed and who they're associated with. Because let's face it, one of the knocks from some areas of hockey will be there's not enough quote-unquote hockey people here. We see lawyers, we see accountants, and we only see them from three provinces. But what what it looks like they've done is almost set up what's going to be another group, an advisory group, with uh, a lot of other people that are, that sort of, you know, check the box of quote-unquote traditional hockey people. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, I, I think that that's a good idea. One of the things I think a lot of people talked about was that you needed some diversity of thought. And some of the, one of the ways you can get that is by bringing people in from a different environment. So I don't think anybody would have a problem with that. Uh, we're going to give you, a, you're, you're, you're back in a windy area. We're going to give you a ding back here in a, in a, in a second, Fridge, to try to get you on a, on a, on a better line. Uh, one thing as we wait to get Fridge back from Florida, um, what happens now, like this slate of, um, of potential board members was submitted to the 13 members on Friday, just made public today. The ratification process takes place on Saturday. And there are 32 total votes, a uh, simple majority win. So 17 um, gets this one uh, over the finish line. If it doesn't succeed, then it's over to the members, and there are 13 members in Hockey Canada, to figure out. Um, it is a private vote. I don't think any of those numbers will be disclosed, but we will find out on Saturday whether this slate goes through um that's the process and you know there are weighted vote weighted there are weighted votes uh, etc so that's the process that'll play itself out as i mentioned cassie campbell pascal joins me here uh in hour two we've got fridge back okay um so i just mentioned sort of what that process is next now for hockey let's move on to the board of governors so the hockey canada uh, the, the hockey canada situation is you know the board members. The proposed board members have been put forward to the to the uh, 13 members. Ratification is on Saturday. Board of Governors, Elliot. You're in Florida. I would imagine one of the big deals, one of the big stories, is salary cap. And I do wonder about 
the Ottawa Senators, that potential sale. Um, what are the headlines coming out of Florida this morning? Uh, I think the, the, the thing we're all going to kind of wonder about is the cap. Do we? And that's the one, to be honest, the fans care about the most. So it's kind of the one that we focus on the most. And, and that is that, um, you know, hey, they surprised us at the Board of Governors in October by saying that they initially in the summer, they kind of informed teams that it was likely the cap would go up one million next year, then four and four more and then five more. We were looking at basically a $10 million growth in three years, but only a little bit of it this year. And then the commissioner surprised us in October by saying, no, uh, we might go up by $4 million this year. And I think what we're expecting here is some clarity as if that's still a possibility. He always does a, a Board of Governor update uh, here at this particular meeting. So that's one of the things. The Ottawa sale is not on the agenda, but you know that's going to be a thing. As a matter of fact, I'm hearing some this morning, like there was one lawsuit that was still pending between over the failed last downtown arena deal uh, between the Melnick estate and John Ruddy. There's a rumor going around that that is either settled or close to it. And that was kind of a big one I'd heard that, some of the potential buyers, and I think the league just didn't want that hanging over the sale process. So I'm hearing that it's either settled or, or getting in that direction. And if that's the case, I think that's going to be a big hurdle that had to be left over to get this process going a little bit more. Okay. Um, the other thing that um, uh, that's, has been noted is that um, – the commissioner, Gary Bettman, and there's a piece by Nick Costanica at NHL.com about it. Um, the 30th anniversary of the uh, of the commissioner of the NHL. And, you know, I always look at, I, I really, like, I, I, I kind of look at everybody to, to evaluate their job. Uh, I always ask myself, okay, well, first of all, what is their job? And if Gary Bettman's job is franchise value and franchise value alone, then he's done a really good job because franchise value is sky high and higher than it's ever been before and will continue to grow. What do I mean, before we get to, you know, the, 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 the look back at the 30 years of Gary Bettman, how do you look at what his job is? Is it more, I mean, it is more complicated than just franchise value, but at its very base, it is franchise value. Yeah. I mean, you're right. At the base, it is, it is franchise value. It's, it, it's, it's his job to make the NHL a good investment. And I think for the most, for a lot of cases, uh, it has been. Um, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, Roger Goodell, what does he talk about? Protect the shield, right? Like that's yeah. that good and bad. That's Batman's job. And it doesn't always align with everybody's best interests, but you always have to remember where he comes from. I, I think that the next few years are going to be really uh, interesting. Like, it's kind of funny. Like, whenever you, you look at some of the contracts, if you look at, you look at Aaron Judge, like what he signed before last week, um, you know, you look at some of the biggest deals in other sports, and I think that I, I think sometimes I look at that and I say, um, it's great PR for those leagues that those contracts get signed. And I never fault anyone for 
signing the biggest contract they can. Now, hockey is a different animal than some of these. I don't think it's always fair to compare. But part of me says, would it, would it be, wouldn't it be better for the sport if the contracts that NHL players were signing were bigger than they were 20 years ago? Like, if you take a look at it now, the highest paid player is 12.6. That's McKinnon. And he's deserving of every penny. I don't have a single problem with that. But it's taken us a while. Like, there were $10 million players 20 years ago. Nick Lidstrom was a $10 million player, for example. I think Yager was, too. I think Yager was the one contract that was, like, grandfathered. It was the only one that was ever over 20% of the salary cap, which was the maximum one that was brought in. And I have to say, Jeff, I think I – think I would like to see hockey get to a point where we're saying uh, – I don't think they'll ever get to those numbers – but I would like to see some wow contracts. I just think it's good for your sport. I think it's good for the marketing of the sport, and it shows a certain health and vibrancy of the sport. Well, at least for individual teams, right? Like that's that's. Like, put it this way: Aaron Judge signs his contract with the New York Yankees. I've always been of the belief that, much like you know, whether it's the uh, the Yankees in MLB. Uh, or the Toronto Maple Leafs in the NHL, I think there needs to be an evil empire team. I, I really do. Like, I think it's, I I think it's healthy for your sport. I think it's healthy for your leagues to have one, at least one team that everybody despises. Sometimes that can be the Rangers. Sometimes that can be the Toronto Maple Leafs. And they throw it around. And they they throw it around and they, they sign these, these monster deals. Um... How long do you no, think Gary really, Batman so the other thing in too, the, the, the other thing, too, Jeff, I want to say is I understand that two of the league's top revenue powerhouses, now they're not at the top, but they're high, are Vegas and Seattle. And that tells me why he fights so hard for Arizona, uh, even though I think a lot of people would wish that he would have given up on that one a long time ago. I think that's why he fights so hard for Arizona. But it also makes me wonder if we could see, even though I think a lot of us think it would be crazy, that's why I always wonder about Houston or Austin or something like that. I don't I, think it's imminent listen. or anything like that, but I do, I do wonder if we'll get there someday. And a second I, team in Toronto. I, be- I believe about... About Texas, correct me if I'm wrong, was there not at least conversations about getting the Stars a state rival when they moved? I I don't know how seriously, but it's been talked about. You know, and there were, you know, there were times where it was looking like there was going to be something in Houston for, you know, for, for Dallas. You know, there was, of course, the Edmonton Oilers situation that we can all recall. Um, the Houston has sort of popped up on the radar here and there. Like I wonder about a couple of different markets as well. Houston is certainly one of them. I just don't know about a second team in Toronto. I really don't. I used to. I used to think that that was a home run. I just don't know. I, I just don't know about going to the Maple Leafs after all they've paid in revenue sharing and saying, "Hey, thanks Toronto. Now here's here's another team in your city." I, I'm with you on that. I've just, to me, it just, uh, 
it's probably like, like I'm not like I, I want to get something very clear. I'm not saying this is on the front burner or anything like that. I'm just, you know, just yeah. talking because it's all about revenue, right? And um, yep. and I will say this: I, I've the the fact that Vegas and Seattle have quickly become two of the top revenue producers in the league. It just has people kind of wondering about what it all means, right? And, you know, if they ever did a second team in Toronto, it's probably your first billion-dollar team. Uh, yes. Uh, but as, as as people have said before, I would like to be in the room to see Larry Tannenbaum's face when that gets proposed. <laughs> I'm not so sure that he'd be, uh, he'd be warm to that idea. Okay, um... We'll find out in about an hour and 40 minutes here uh, what happens with Tolvin and with the Nashville Predators, but surprised yesterday that he went on waivers, and is there any chance I, that he clears? I would submit no. I, I, I don't... I, I mean, I would be surprised, but you know what, Jeff? Like, I said on the podcast today, there's always people who end up on waivers, and I say that that person's getting claimed, and I... And... And he doesn't get claimed. And I, I, but this one does seem weird to me, Jeff. Like I gotta think somebody takes a shot at him. He's a career ten percent shooter. He's a really good player. Um, I mean, he's a really talented shot, player. Shot. Um, he, he can really shoot. Like I, you know, I know some people are taking issue. I mentioned that another GM called him a bit one-dimensional for his for his liking, and I've already received some texts about it from people arguing that's. That's definitely not the case. So, I mean, the bottom line is he hasn't played there. He's fallen out of play, favor there. They, they've got some real cap situations and injuries they have to deal with. So he's the guy that goes. I mean, I, I hope he gets a fresh start, and we'll see where he goes. Like, it, it's obvious he's fallen out of favor there, and sometimes you need another opportunity. And, you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, I would be surprised if he wasn't claimed. I would just say I've been surprised before. Uh, a couple of other things before I let you get back to the BOG. Uh, Clayton Keller had a heck of a game last night. Uh, the hat trick, the third in overtime. He's a point of game player. Uh, it was nice seeing him at the players' tour in Vegas, all healthy and ready to go. Um, I don't know if there are untouchables in Arizona. I, I really don't. But. Is Clayton Keller the closest thing to it? He's really very quietly having an excellent season for the Coyotes. Well, I'm happy for him in particular because remember that brutal injury he had last year, Jeff. I mean, there were some real questions about how ready he was going to be and would he be the same player. Um, I, I, I would say that I would probably say that even more untouchable than Keller are some of the younger guys that they've got. Um, you know, you watch this more than I do, but I heard Cooley is absolutely lighting it up in the the NCAA right yeah. now. But the, the thing is, if you want Keller to be your standard bearer, right? You want him to be your leader, uh, the guy who kind of, uh, while the, the, the Coyotes are going through a really tough arena situation, to be your guy. And I think someone who comes back from injury like this um, and plays – and, and leads a team like the Coyotes to me have every excuse to be just awful this year and they play hard. And I think yeah. the players and the coaching staff deserve a lot of credit for that. I don't know if I would say he's untouchable Jeff, but I think he's doing what they would hope he would do. And you know, I'll, I'll say something he's to you. Like, I'll say something to you. I'll say something to you. Like there's a lot of talk about Chikrin 
And obviously we all yeah. know why. But I had a couple guys say to me that the guy they'd be wondering about there is is Vermelka. He's signed for two more years. It, like if you look at the money pot goal save above expected rankings, he's right up there near the top with Hellebuck and Sorokin and yep. and Matt Murray. Um, I, I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know that. Uh, I don't know that anyone is thinking of actually doing something like that. I'm not sure that Arizona would even entertain it. But that's the guy that I would be looking at to go after if I was another team and I needed goaltending because he's having a dynamite mm. year. Uh, he is, to your point. He is at a very team-friendly deal. Uh, and it's funny, too, because those are the reasons why I kind of see Arizona wanting to keep him. Like, at the end of it, you want to like, have a goaltender that kind of keeps you in game. If you're going to go with a lot of kids, you want a goalie that's going to keep you in game so they don't just get the feeling that, well, you know, NHL games, NHL games last a period and a half, and then we just fold the tent and we go home. Um, but you're right. Like, if I I'm, get it. If I'm looking for a goaltender... Like that's a, that, that is one that I'm looking at. Um, before, okay. One more thing before we let you go here, uh, Wade Redden into the Ottawa senators, uh, ring of honor, 14 NHL seasons. Um, you know, uh, a monster. Con- I remember one of the things that I always think about with Wade Redden is that deal with the New York Rangers and how, yeah. you know, he was, a, he was a player that got sent to the American hockey league. He signed that six year, $39 million deal with the Rangers, um, didn't end up working out. He ended up getting sent to the American Hockey League and got a pay raise in the process because he didn't have to pay any escrow. So that money was mm-hmm. going right into his jeans. He, uh, he, you know, he, he worked the system great. I mean, I'm sure he would have much rather been playing in the NHL, uh, but he got more money. by He got a raise by getting sent to the American Hockey League. Uh, remember him with Chara? Remember him with Andre Mazeros? How do you remember Wade Redden in the NHL? Well, first of all, I think he's very deserving. I'm happy for him that he's getting it. Uh, I think it's a great thing. You know, there, there are pieces that you do over the years, Jeff, that kind of stick with you. And one of them was one of the pieces that you were kind of referring to. I was still, we were still at CBC when Redden was sent to Hartford. And he was still living in Manhattan. He would, he would drive to Hartford for, you know, games and practices. And he agreed to do a piece with us about, you know, going there. And I remember that um, one of the things he said, a piece of advice he got was from Curtis Lecision. And he was going to quit, and he wasn't going to play anymore. And Curtis Lecision told him to go to Hartford. And when Redden said why, Lecision told him, because you will uh, fall in love with hockey again, because you'll be playing it, you know, for more pure reasons while you're down there. And you will find, and you said you've given your whole life and your whole career to hockey, and you loved it. You can't, you can't leave hockey hating it. You have to go down there to rediscover your love for it. He said, well, Susan basically told her, I'm not letting you retire angry at hockey. <laughs> and I always remembered that. Like, it's one of those stories that stuck with me. And we probably did that piece, Jeff. I mean, it's got to be 15 years ago. And I've always remembered that line. And I think about that a lot. That's excellent. Um, uh, don't go, don't retire angry at hockey. Retire richer because of the American Hockey League. 
was the lesson <laughs> here with uh, with Wade Wade Redden. Uh, okay, well let's get back to the breakers and uh, and all the, the the breaking news as it arrives. Uh, follow Elliot on Twitter for the very latest. Um, thanks, Fridge. Enjoy Florida. Where the only uh, the only right. ice uh, there is in your drink. Only ice there is in your drinks. Not yet today, man. I'm actually working. I know. All right. All right. Thanks, Fridge. Elliot Friedman from Thirty Two Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada.